Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. My name is Helen. I'm Janet. And I'm Mel. Hello, ABGs and ABBs, and welcome to the last Thursday of the year. Wow. We made it, y'all. We made it. This is the last episode of 2021, and together, through all the ups and downs, the many trials and tribulations we've all inevitably faced throughout this year, and the moments of happiness and gratitude that have lifted us and kept us moving from day to day, we have all made it through to the end of a wild year. Welcome to the end of a new beginning. How are you both feeling? Well, I really like that statement. The end. Oh, wait, the end of a new. So it's the end of the beginning. Wait. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) I I just thought about that. The beginning to a new beginning. Wait. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm quiet because I'm processing. No, I'm processing. You know what? It's because it's the end of a new beginning. It's the start of a new, newer beginning. beginning. (laughs) Wait, fail. I wrote that and I thought it sounded good too, but maybe it didn't make sense. Welcome to the end. Yeah, the end of a new beginning. No. You know what? It still still works. You know what? It's it's. Welcome to the end of a beginning and open and hello to a new beginning. <laughs> I don't know if that was a good okay, okay. right? Anyway, um, welcome to the end of the year and we're ready for a new beginning. How are you both feeling? <laughs> um, I actually am feeling good, but like also mm. turbulent, but in a good way, if that makes sense. I know the word turbulent sometimes has like a negative connotation, but I feel like for the first time, I am starting to feel like I can close the year and starting to reflect earlier. Because usually what I'll do is like I blink and I feel like it's like December. And then I'm like, whoa, let me reflect on the year now. And let me clarify that it is November. It is barely the end of November. And I'm used to kind of not having to reflect until near the end of December. And I feel like it's been an amazing year. It's been a crazy year, but it's been amazing. And so I feel like I'm now, I'm feeling like reflective and ready to to continue i wouldn't say move on i Mm. think i'm ready to continue Mm. Mm. yeah i like that you know it's weird 
I feel like this year was like the most quickest year I've been through. Mm. Like, I don't know. It, all of a sudden, I feel like I looked up and I looked, no. All of a sudden, I looked down and then. <laughs> Where are you looking now? I, I looked to my left, I looked to my right. right. <laughs> yeah, to the left, to the left. Um, <laughs> to the left, to the left. No, but I just feel like it just went by so quickly. Like, I remember when last year, January, or this year, January just hit, and all of a sudden, we're about to enter December. I'm like, what the hell? Like, I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. I just feel like this year was such a blur. I think I'm ready for the next year, but I'm not not ready that I'm like, fuck this year. It's more like, okay, I'm like, I'm excited to see what the new year brings because this year was so unpredictable, really. It was unexpected. It was so quick that it it also just shows that how quick time really goes by. Mm. So I'm curious to see what 2022 will bring. Yeah. You also had a lot of events this past year. So that probably added to it just passing by so fast. Yeah. Like if I had to compare this year to like a situation or like maybe this is more like we just recently just happened. We were we were at 88 Rising and we were working the Bopo Mofo booth and literally I was like, <laughs> I looked down <laughs> and it was like one o'clock. I looked back up. It was 5 p.m. And I feel like <laughs> that was literally how I described this year. It was like, I look up and then I look down. <laughs> Sorry, I think I'm like not in my right mindset, but you know, <laughs> I like how you went back to that reference of like looking around thing. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta look back up, Helen. How are you feeling about the end of this year or coming? Well, it's yeah. funny because like so preparing for this episode, I definitely feel like this was not easy. Even though we're starting this so lighthearted right now, which is great, I love this. But at this very moment. I feel all over the place, to be honest. Like every single emotion is one of extremes, whether it's the highs or lows. And um, my mind is just so foggy right now. So for our listeners out there, I am due any day now. And in full transparency, we are recording this episode, as Janet mentioned, before Thanksgiving, because we wanted to make sure that we got this recording in for the end of the year. So I personally have never felt as antsy and uncertain and excited and thankful and scared and grateful. And this whole past week, I had just been crying for no reason every single day, multiple times a day. Um, But preparing for this episode has sort of grounded me and Mm. made me feel very grateful for where we all are, like all of us right now. So I'm excited for us to share in today's episode. And yeah, what a fun way to start off this really scary episode. Yeah. And it's, I think it's funny how you're saying like, it's, we're starting off really lighthearted and you're like, I like how you're saying, I feel like all over the place because one, I think all of us do in our, all of us feel all over the place. Obviously I'm looking in so many different directions. <laughs> I'm like, so what the hell am I looking at? Like you're dizzy by now. Yeah, I actually feel like I am. <laughs> but I think again, we wanted to get this episode in because we want to make sure that Helen, we want to hear what Helen's going through and like how... We want to hear, because I think for me, like as a friend, I love to hear the different resolutions or things you guys have set. Because in listening back to the old episode, I'm just like, oh yeah, look at Helen, she did do that. Or like, Janet, she wanted to say, she wanted to do this and she's doing that too. Or just, it's nice to like, it's like accountability thing too. Mm. So we Mm. wanted to make sure all three of us were present for this episode. Well, in ABG fashion, since we've done this, how many times now? Um, Two years in a row? I actually, I'm all over the place. I don't know. Uh, We're going to dedicate this episode to reflecting on this past year. You know, thinking ahead and setting resolutions for a new year is a common practice, but we found it incredibly beneficial to reflect on the past year before doing so. So in today's episode, we'll be sharing our personal reflections of 2021. And Jay, why don't you uh, kick us off? Fuck, why do I have to go first again? I <laughs> was last year. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. Um, so, yeah, Janet, why don't you... So weird call you Janet. Um, oh, it is, right? Yeah, I don't call you that anymore. <laughs> Helen started it. 
why don't you share your overall feelings this past year and how it's been for you? And if you could use three words to describe it, what would you use? Also, Jay, what were the top three significant life events that defined 2021 for you? Okay. I had a hard time picking words. I think we've probably known from my... I just... I I'm not very good at following the exact assignment. So oh. <laughs> um, I have I have like three... I listed out three like pairs of words. How does that work? Okay. Right? So because I couldn't commit to like one word. I was like, I need kind of the variation. So the first category of feelings, susceptible and vulnerable... The second would be push in the context of versus pull and like grind. So push versus pull and grind. And the third category was feeling disconnected. Mm. So these all sound potentially negative, um, but I would actually say that, and this is why I kind of use the word turbulent. I think that this year has definitely been a doozy. Does anyone use the word doozy anymore? Did I just date myself? Anyway, <laughs> I, I like it. Doozy. <laughs> it's been a doozy. She said push. <laughs> that's true. Push. Pushing the shit out, not pulling it back in. Ew. Ew. Wait, that's, I, no more analogies. Okay. <laughs> when you said push, pull, and grind, I was like dance floor. <laughs> mm-hmm. That works as well. Now we're playing categories. Now we're playing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I will, I will say kind of there's like two... Mm bigger categories of of what I significant life events right I think the first category I said susceptible and vulnerable because um in this past year I experienced two more serious relationship pursuits so wow in that fashion uh I I think when it comes to to love life stuff I've shared that I have a I have a hard time being vulnerable and I get really scared and it took me a while to like figure out that that was what was happening um, inside. But I've had to open up those doors and make myself vulnerable. Um, one time in the beginning of this year, I was starting to see someone at the beginning of the year, and then it ended shortly after in February. And then I met someone else um, in, I want to say like July, August. And then now that's currently in the process. So I would say that um, in both of those those situations, they were the most serious relationship pursuits that I've had in probably like five years. Mm. Um, And it's for the first time I'm also dating people with the intention for marriage. And I'm used to usually like kind of maybe thinking about marriage possibly later down the line. But for both of these, the guys are as well. And like we've had to be able to talk about that um, without making it feel like there's pressure. But like no one I dated in the past was like, are you looking to have kids? Are you looking for this and that? So it's been kind of a strange experience um, where I've had to be vulnerable and, and, and be susceptible and open to things. So when I said being susceptible and vulnerable, it's not just about feeling like fear of getting hurt, meaning fear of rejection, but it also, when you're starting to date someone in a very, very serious format, you are faced with a lot of your own personal either weaknesses or things that you're trying to work through, right? Mm -hmm. And that's been a challenge for me. Um, And and only in hindsight now, when I reflect back to the first kind of like relationship experience I had at the beginning of this year, that I started to realize why some of those things were harder for me to process. Um, There were multiple reasons, or like the guy was the one who broke it off and he shared with me, I just don't think maybe we're the most compatible, but there were things that he pointed out during our relationship that felt like it wouldn't be a match. And there's a part of me that feels these are things that I've worked through personally and it can feel a little bit like a personal attack, right? I know it's not and it's everyone has different things that work 
for them and don't. But one example uh, was he did say like, you work a lot and he has a pretty contained job and lifestyle. And I think the last person he dated was also an entrepreneur and that was an issue for him. Um, and that this dates, this goes back to ever since I was a kid, I have like kind of like tendencies to keep myself almost too busy and overwork myself. And it's something that I always have my mom's voice in the back of my head saying, you need to take care of yourself, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. So that kind of triggered for me like, shit, I'm not doing a good job at like work-life balance. Mm. The other thing for him was like sleep schedule. Um, he's a very early to bed early to rise and I'm like kind of a night owl and this is also something that I've fought to like try to adjust for a long time and this is going back to childhood my mom is always like you know you if you can do all the things that you want but if you don't have your health and if you're not sleeping well like it doesn't make any difference right Mm. and uh so I've been trying to work through that and so having a partner like on the logical front I'm like those are things he should have in a partner to match him if that's what he's looking for. But for me it's a little bit feeling like these are the things that you're already trying to work on and you feel bad about and then now you're being rejected for them. <laughs> so, I mean I can laugh about it now because I feel like I've worked through that and in dating fashion the moment you're seeing someone else it's easier to not be as emotionally attached to those things, right? Mm -hmm. But in hindsight, when I process a lot of what maybe didn't work out in the first relationship, it was challenging for me to kind of like have to look at myself and be like, are these things that I want to change about myself? How do I feel about someone not wanting to be with me for that reason? And I even thought about like making the career choice that I did, right? Like if I'm trying to find a permanent partner right now, there are a lot of people who will look at someone who doesn't have a more corporate job or, or whatever like is a negative thing so I had to do some of those processing things mm. and then come back to really understanding myself and what I value about myself and who I am and of course when you break up there I mean there's the getting connected with someone and then the moment you're rejected you sometimes feel even more lonely and disconnected than when you started right because mm-hmm. you've opened that door but I think I've learned a lot from that first relationship and one is that I do want work-life balance but I also need someone who is I think a part of my nature is I'm always going to be pretty focused on work to some degree in my life. And I need someone who shares, is on the same page with that. And the sleeping late thing, um, I also want to work on my sleep schedule, but I am a natural night owl and I need someone who can flex with that. And these were all kind of things I thought were silly. Like when my mom used to tell me, she's like, you know, like if you're like you um, sleeping late, like that's, you're going to have to like, like when you find a partner, that's going to be an issue. I was like, one has to deal with that the reality is it does affect your relationship right Mm -hmm. and like what you because it's not just habits it's like what you ultimately value and I think for him maybe he needs someone who is more similar to the lifestyle that he's going to lead um the second relationship pursuit what was again once again I have to open myself up to the possibility of getting hurt again Mm -hmm. so it's letting someone in and um how to be emotionally open and communicate and the struggle with this not struggle but i would say a a certain challenge with the second partner is that we are both very like head versus heart people i think we are we sometimes can both come off robotic so in the past we've done well when we've had a partner who is very emotive and will do the will guide the emotional aspect of the relationship so we've had to figure out how to balance doing that in in our relationship and i think this once again points the mirror back at me it's kind of easy for me to feel like i'm at fault here for not being good at managing my emotions or being able to articulate my emotions um and i think it's having to learn that like what is going to work and what is not and then also to not be down on myself and to be open 
about that, I guess. Um, and this is also this year, having been in two kind of relationships, has pointed a mirror to myself of this challenge I have with committing versus changing. We all know that in my jobs, I've jumped around a lot, we, that for a period I moved around a lot. And when I go back and I talk to some of the close people in my lives, when I made those decisions, they, they're they there to remind me that they were sound decisions that I made for reasons that were not just you gave up, right? It was like you had a good reason for either wanting something different or there were things about that experience or that place or that job or that situation that you needed to leave. But there's the other part of my brain that judges myself for always changing. And every time now when I question whether I should continue fostering this dating relationship or in the interest of not wasting each other's time, break it off, I will sometimes be like, am I trying to jump ship too soon? So that has been another thing that I've been dealing with. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of just like, (laughs) I didn't, I didn't, I kind of wrote down a bunch of thoughts and it's not very structured. Well, I think it also just shares, shows our listeners and us, like as your friends, like what's going on in your mind right now. Like I think with the resolutions or like just reflections, it's not going to be like a, you're not going to have like a wrapped up response or like, I don't want to say it, like result because you're still going through stuff. It's mm-hmm. not like, I think some, when you think about reflections, I think sometimes people are like, oh, 2021 reflections and when January hits and it's over. Like that doesn't happen mm-hmm. with life. Like you're going to still be going through things. Some things might end in December. Some things might continue to go through your mind into the new year and that's okay. Yeah. So for me, when you're sharing all this is like, you're still going through a relationship. It's not like, oh, and I'm done. Like, yeah. so it makes sense that you're like trying to figure out what, figure out what's going on right now. And also what it sounds like it's with the first relationship, it sounds like that was more of a wrapped up, like, this yeah. is the summary of why we didn't work out. Yeah, yeah. But now with the second one, I mean, you're still in it. Yeah. You're not, you know, like, quote unquote, official yet. Yeah. So there's still that uncertainty of what this relationship is. And I think being able to talk through it as you're going through it is a very vulnerable thing to do. And mm-hmm. you're doing it, like, perfectly. Like, you're, like, you're able to go through it and basically state what is happening and what your concerns are and what you're worried about. And that's... Yeah, that's that's part of the reflection. Yes. And like Mel said, it doesn't end. December 31st is not when the ending period is. You know, yeah. it's a continuous. Life continues beyond a New Year's resolution, beyond just like a, a end of year reflection. Mm-hmm. Thank you, ladies. Yeah. No, that's, uh, yeah, it's, yep. <laughs> She's still processing it's it. still processing it. But that's yeah. the, also the push and pull that you mentioned, yeah, you know, of yeah. trying to figure this out and like the grind of figuring out what is going on in my life right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for making that connection for me. Yeah. Maybe this year felt like it's one where I've had to push myself versus mm-hmm. a pulling things towards me. It's me having to push things a little bit forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I do. I remember last year um, I had said that, you know, in Chinese culture, they say that when it's the year of your zodiac, it's going to be a really big, challenging year. And I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, will say I, I definitely feel like it did. It did push. Um, and something that I, I learned from therapy sessions in the past was they say there's like, you know, there's the bigger sectors of your life. There's your work, your love. Um, and then I think it's like, there's some other categories, but when one of them goes into shift, it's easier to maintain balance. But when you have multiple categories in shift, it can be more challenging to to, to feel stable. 
Um, so that was for me a good like system to look at to validate like, okay, if I have these things in my life that are all, they're all good, good activities are happening, but they're all involve a level of uncertainty. It's going to make people, it's going to make you as a human being mm-hmm. just feel a little bit off kilter, mm-hmm. right? And a mm-hmm. little turbulent. Mm-hmm. Off kilter. Stilt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aj, why don't you share your last uh, life event that defined this year for you? Yeah, my la- the last one was a lot around ABG. I think, um, and it's not it's ABG, but it's in the bigger context of who like thinking about me and my career and all of that, right? Reflecting. So for some context for listeners, I think some of you have been with us for a long time. I don't know our work experience, but if you're a new listener, before going into ABG full-time, my work experience was mostly as an individual contributor. And what that means is that I usually would come into teams and we're all focused for like a short period on a project. And then in that period, you give everything that you got and there's no, like anything needs to be done, it's done. Um, You don't really like, I mean, you're building, you're building systems for the moment, but you maybe are not necessarily like thinking like super long term, right? And there isn't a lot of people come in with different age, ages and different um, uh, experience background. There isn't much like management involved and you just, you have a thing that you want to accomplish and then you do it. Um, and over the last year with ABG, our work has shifted a bit. We've in the last year built up multiple, whether you want to call them divisions or departments or platforms or lines of work. And we've had to bring on team members. So this has been a challenge for me to think through how my day-to-day activities change. And it's been a bit of a struggle to go from, you know, learning to let go of certain things, learning to, um, I think along, along the lines of this, be an owner of a company versus just working at a company. And I've shared with this before that sometimes it's the challenge of that is like, you know, when you work for a company, you have more clear definitions of success and you maybe have more people above you to tell you you're doing a good job um, or to confirm for, with you that you're going in the right direction. But when you are the owner versus, you know, working in a company, you don't necessarily have that. So I'd say for me, that's been um, a big third quadrant is just thinking through, I'm trying to work towards being the owner of a mm-hmm. company and really feeling like I can own that. Mm. And then thinking through in bigger picture of like, what do, what is the role that I see for myself in the future. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I guess I kind of shared that for, for anyone who's going through a career transition because there's so many different types of careers out there. And like in some of my old, old previous jobs, the reason why I left is because I looked at like the management role and I was like, I don't want to do that. Um, and I, I would then transition to something else. Right. And then I found within like technology, you can become someone who just, you become a super senior individual contributor. You don't have to take on management kind of like, uh, responsibilities, but when you own your own business, it's like, it's a different type of thing. Right. So I'm just thinking through some of those things and working through some of that. And I think for anyone out there who is, you know, just also thinking through what, their relationship with their career is and what roles that they want to take on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great that you share that, Jay, because I feel like, you know, obviously been doing ABG for, I want to say almost two years now, but I think ABG is like, when you look at it, it's still a company. It's still positions you're taking on. I think even though we are podcast hosts and you're hearing us through your episode right now, we are still, you know, we, we're all managers. And I think sometimes you have to react, it, it's like, we're some managers, we're managing team, we're managing different departments. And you have to figure out individually like what you like, what you don't like. Because if you're putting the wrong things, you're not going to succeed. 
So I think one thing we need to be aware of is like, okay, are we putting our team in the right place? Are we in the right places ourselves to make sure that ABG as a company can thrive? So I think it's good you're spending some time thinking about that because I think all of us had at one point or we're going to as well. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swathers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With free and gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. One of the biggest commitments that I make to myself is my meditation practice. Something I've been doing to make my afternoon sessions even more enjoyable is using ginger essential oil. That's ginger with two J's. It's a new high quality, all natural essential oil. I put a few drops in my palm, rub my hands together, and then I lift my palms to my face and take a deep inhale before starting my session. It really helps to set the mood. Unlike other essential oils, ginger comes pre-mixed with jojoba and evening primrose carrier oils, so it's safe to use directly on your skin. Their special extraction process helps remove micro-impurities, so you're getting the highest quality ginger oil. And their dropper cap is designed to release the perfect amount every time. If you'd like to give ginger oil a try, we have a deal for ABG listeners for 20% off your first purchase. Go to J-I-N-J-E-R dot U-S slash A-B-G. Don't wait, that's ginger with two J's dot U-S slash A-B-G. Well, Mel, what three words would you use to describe this past year for you? Hmm. Okay, so I did have some difficulty figuring out some words, but I narrowed it down to number one, busy, which I'll get into later. Two, it was challenging. And three, it was unexpected. Hmm. Yeah. I'll just keep it at that. Okay. Well, what were the top three significant life events that defined 2021 for you? Okay, so for some reason, like, I mean, I'm a feelings type of girl. All my events were actually more my personal life versus ABG. 
And I don't know why. Maybe just my personal life was just played a huge role. Um, so the first event, I kind of bunched it together. It was Lindsay and Cindy's wedding. And this is partly why I was so busy. I think being a part of a wedding, man, it's a lot of work. But the thing is, is I felt so many emotions I didn't expect. Like, I I will say that, I think you all, both of you all can attest to this. When you go to a wedding now in your age, you just feel, you, emotions are definitely more stronger. Like, I cry a lot more now. and I And I think it signifies that maybe... I think for me, their weddings for me signify the start of this new chapter that I'm now a part of, a part of the chapter where a lot of my close friends now are entering the life of marriage and committing to their partner. And like, I feel the waves of weddings. Like on my Instagram, everyone's getting married. But for me, it's not, I'm not thinking like, oh, I want to get married. It's more like, oh, wow, like I'm entering this new era and I feel it now versus like being like a young 20 year old. It's like, oh yeah, whatever. Like I, I actually feel it this time. And again, I think with these weddings, um, Again, your emotions are like heightened, but I think for me to see my two really close friends like commit to their partner like was very emotional for me. And I remember like you get to see a lot of the behind the scenes of a wedding and they really be there with your friend as they're about to like hit this like gigantic milestone. Like I I remember when we were waiting behind the doors and then the photographer was like, hey, come in, see Lindsay in her wedding dress. And I saw her and I just start crying because like she's someone that I grew up with since I was 10. And to see her like now as an adult getting married, it's like, oh my God, it's just like, oh my God, we used to be 10 year olds, like riding your scooters in the street. And now you're about to like say, I do. And it was like a big moment, I think for me as a, as a friend and seeing Cindy, it was like, oh man, like it just like all these memories are flooding back of our time together. And like, I think I feel really fortunate to be a part of their time. And yeah, I just feel like I, maybe I'm just like savoring these moments more when I'm actually in the moment of their wedding. I'll, I'll be honest, like leading up to it, it was like a little stressful for me because I think this year, like, again, the word busy and challenging come together because I think as we're building ABG, it was for me, I think ABG is a very good year, but as we're doing all this stuff, I'm like trying to like be a bridesmaid or a maid of honor. And I think that was like a really tough thing to juggle because I've never been a bridesmaid in my life. And I think I do value my friendship so much that I just want to do a really good job. So it was really challenging to really balance both, which leads me to my second life event. And I also bunched this together. A lot of my friends this year turned 30. You know, we're all the same age. So 30 is a huge thing. But I think I realized this when I was hanging out with my, I call them my college friends, even though I went to college with some of them and all of us, we're just off in the same area. But I think it was also important because obviously everyone's in the pandemic. It was hard to see a lot of our friends and family. This year, having my friends celebrate their 30th, it was the first time I saw them in a very long time. Like all of us together collectively under one house, one roof. And it was just felt like a celebration, a reunion. But I think with them, it just kind of like, I was asking myself, like, why do I feel so, so much or so much happiness when I'm with my college friends, like Sally and Tiff? And I describe it as like, there's this very like innocent joy or like just like very pure joy I can't describe. And when I'm with them, I'm always in the moment. And as someone that's like anxious and always thinking about the next thing, for some reason when I'm with them, I don't, I just don't think about it. Cause I think they're all, they're both, all of them are just very silly, kind of like ID gaff people that just likes to have a good time, but they also care about each other. And it just made me so happy being around them. And like, again, it brought back memories of college and all the times, like all the New Year's, all the other birthdays we celebrated. And when I think about them, I just feel like they ground me so much because I think all of us have been through so many different life phases and like friendships. But when I think of them, they were there during the pivotal time where I was defining or finding myself in college. And I always say they ground me because they're just like a huge reminder of 
who I am and who I want to be and how that's just enough. And I don't have to change anything about myself because they accept me for exactly who I am. And we can have fun and be silly. And I'm just like, this is like, this is a group I definitely need in my life forever because for me, for me, I'm also not in the Bay Area where they all are. I don't, I'm not involved in any drama. I'm just there to be supportive. They need something and we're just having a good time. So I think that was significant because it's just like a reminder of like, Mel, always stay true to who you are. Stay stay grounded this is like your like like nucleus or something but like this is your core you know and so I think for me why that's also significant is because I feel like being LA it's very easy to fall into like oh like networking or like am I doing the right thing or like feeling like I'm obviously we're trying to build something with ABG but even for myself my personality it's easy for me to fall into like am I enough or am I doing this enough or like am I Am I going to the right events? Like all these things are an inner dialogue I do have with myself sometimes I'm in LA and then when I'm with them, I don't have that at all. So it feels like, cool, this is like all I need. So it's a reminder of like, you don't need all those those things to be happy. And the last thing I will say that defined my life was visiting Hawaii and with my family was huge. Um, I've always said before, like, fr- like friendship was like, I always value like my friends. Like I always say like, I felt guilty that I value them a little bit more than my family. But this time around, it felt very different. And I think something that's been on my mind for the last two years since we've been been in the pandemic is that I think a lot about how I can continue my family's story or their legacy because I'm an extension of them. And it is my job or like a job that I want to take on is to understand their story so I can pass these things down to my kids and my family members because no one else can do this but me and my brother. And so being in Hawaii and seeing the places my mom grew up really put into context of how she raised me and just seeing this life she had before me was like so crucial. I was like, oh wow, like she's not just my mom, she's she's mailing. She has her own life that I really want to acknowledge too. And I think also being around like my extended family, I just felt incredibly lucky to have the family that I do. And I think I say this because like I, I shared in the podcast that I do my parents were divorced and I always feel very fortunate that I got place with my mom and her side of the family because their family is so strong and so connected and like we have like second cousins cousins that all of us are still really close with and I understand now why my mom is so big on family because she grew up surrounded by her cousins like she kind of grew up like Helen like mm. in the house full of your cousins and like your aunts and all this stuff I'm like oh that's how she grew up so that's why she's like she wants me to have well she wants me to remember that I also felt like I understand my mom's dynamic with her siblings because I'm like, oh, like, to me, there's just, like, Uncle Chong, Uncle Tom. But, like, oh, like, there's, these are her brothers. What does that look like for her? And that was very important to me. And I want to also add that I found myself having more patience with spending more time with my older generation. Like, my grandpa's sisters who were, like, 60 and 70, like, in that age range. And wanting to learn about how was it like for them growing up in Taiwan. Like, I didn't know that they came from poverty, that they were they were farmers and like did they didn't have much and it makes me think about oh wow like how is it just like two generations apart that I'm able to have this lifestyle that they literally were like struggling and I get to hear about their stories and so I I feel for it I'm like oh this is a history this is this is the thing I I really want to pass on and understand and really value and the last thing about why Hawaii in that time was very crucial for me is that it kind of signified the state of my transition like like well well like wow Mel you're in a transition because you know, due to your encouragement, which I'm really thankful for, I got to stay in Hawaii a little longer because I was needing a change of scenery. And being there made me realize that this isn't, this is not it. Like Hawaii was great for me because I was able to find a location that tied back to my family and a place that I grew up going to. But it really rang true that Taiwan is still the place I need to be. 
because I'm just like, this is a small, great dose of it, but I just think I need a little bit. I need Taiwan even more because I want to even further that pursuit of understanding my family history and where they grew up. And I really want to explore a different city. And I think in Hawaii, I realized that I actually was not missing LA. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm not missing LA. So it made me realize that, yes, I think I'm in transition because I felt kind of like, why do I feel off still, even though I'm exploring? But it's also because I think I really need to, like Taiwan is still number on my list to just go. So those are three moments of this year that really symbolize what I think 2020 represented for me. Wow. You've been through a lot this year, Miss Mel Mel. Yeah. I think what I'm hearing is that, you know, as, as we all know on this podcast now, like this has been a very challenging year for you. But the things that you brought up about having the friends from home and the family from home and having been able to experience more moments with them, mm. you've been able to also find what grounds you throughout these tumultuous moments. Yeah. And the fact that those are like two out of three of your defining moments, it's like a really significant one to show that once you have that foundation, you can kind of get through any challenge in life because yeah. you know that they're there for you Yeah. and you know that they ground you. So that there's something there where I'm just like, I know it's been difficult, but like hearing that, you know, you have been able to go back to your roots basically mm -hmm. and know that you have a solid foundation makes me happy that mm -hmm. you have that for like the rest of your life. Yeah. And I thank you so much for saying that because I think, I think I'm like sitting here, I'm obviously we're still, pro I'm processing still, but I think maybe the reason why I actually didn't mention ABG is because I'm really proud of the company. I love, like, again, I always say I can't work anywhere else. Like, this is this is part of me. But I think sometimes I don't want, I don't want the success of my company to define who I am. Because in the end, I'm still going to be Mel mm -hmm. without being ABG Mel. And I think I want to remind myself that regardless of anything happens, good or bad, you still have this holding you down. And I think that's why, maybe that's why I focus on my personal stuff versus like ABG versus like, I am proud of ABG, but it's like, I don't want that to take over my life mm. either. This was your 30th year. And I know we talked a lot about how like um, that is such a momentous year, right? And it's not necessarily that you turn 30 and then all these things happen. Mm -hmm. It's all the stuff that happens before 30 and then also a little bit after. It's really more of like a three to four year experience, mm -hmm. right? And you sharing like that a lot of your friends getting married around this time, a lot of them celebrating their 30th birthdays around this time, a lot of them going through like... I don't know, maybe like uh, moving to different places mm -hmm. or, or things like that. This is a huge time of shift for you in your life. Mm -hmm. And I always said this before, but like I don't, ABG aside, like mm -hmm. you're running a business while also being a 30-year-old person trying to figure out mm -hmm. every aspect of their life. And so like I don't think, I think, it, yeah, you had a lot to talk about. You didn't need to talk about ABG. <laughs> um, but I also do, I want to say that as I'm listening to you, I, I do actually really much admire that you are focused on your relationships mm. and not just your work. And mm. because I see this tendency not only in myself, but it was it's a little bit of a, I think, a cultural thing too. Um, or maybe it's a second generation thing. I'm not sure what it is, but um, it's like I, I saw it kind of within my family and being pushed so much to, to look at things outside of your career, look at things outside of your work to really understand the significance of relationships and mm -hmm. things like that, right? Like this is sometimes I think about why do I struggle so much with like the emotional aspect of things? It's like I haven't put a lot of practice into that. Mm. So I would encourage you as someone who is, you know, at the place of where we are in our, the thing that we're creating, but also your work and everything mm -hmm. that as a 30 year old person that you continue to kind of like push and maintain know what's know what's important to you yeah. and, and never feel guilty for, mm. for that yeah thanks for sharing i think that's something like i'm actively working on which i don't know right now i feel 
I feel okay right now. Like I, this is like, this is like live processing, y'all. <laughs> I, I feel okay right now. So thank you guys for sharing like your commentary on what, what my, my significant moments. Cause I feel, I feel a little more reassured now. Yeah. Yeah. The point of reflections, y'all. Yes. Well, Helen, how about you? What are three words that you would use to describe this past year for you? Yeah, so um, one word that I would use, Ford. <laughs> I remember when I was typing this out, I was like, it's a weird word to say. Like a car? No, Ford. For, no, not Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Forward, like Ford. Forward. But it's like Fort. <laughs> so I don't know. Anyway. Um, forward that's the word i would use and this mel mel over here is mouthing the word right now um but that's the word i would use to describe the events that happened for me this past year i kind of struggle with choosing between forward with and progress or growth because there are subtle distinctions in those words Mm -hmm. like with all the life events that took place for me this year each event sort of felt like the magnitude of each event had to be truncated because they happen so quickly. Ah. I still don't feel like I've taken the time to process everything that's happened. And rather than feeling like it was progress or growth, which you normally feel with deep, lengthy work, it almost feels like things were just moving forward, Hmm. you know, in a very practical and tactical way. And I don't know if anyone else out there listening to this podcast has felt that way too. I think especially as like a side effect of the pandemic, a lot of people probably just felt like things were moving forward as they should be, right? But as someone who is a Sagittarius and likes to really live in these moments, I felt like I was present, but moving on to the next thing as soon as I could catch my breath and just moving forward as we had planned for it to. Um, but then when I questioned if I would have done things differently, I don't think I would have because now I have a home that I feel comfortable in, a baby on the way. So reflecting back on this past year, I'm happy to have been able to move forward. Very practical. <laughs> the second word I would use is learning. Hashtag forever noob. Because with everything that happened this year, I feel like I started from square I don't, I don't really understand square one or square zero, but it's like square circle. I don't know. Triangle one. Yeah, I started from like a blank slate, okay? Like never having understood home buying or how to find a contractor or how to design a home and renovate it or how to become a mother. Like I was a very um, porous sponge this year, although porous i was a very dense sponge because then i absorbed mm. more right mm. porous it just runs through <laughs> so i was a very dense sponge this year but in doing this exercise and reflecting i realized that it wasn't just the technical things that i was learning i, I kept reflecting on how this past year was also a lesson of learning how to balance and learning how to set boundaries in order to have managed all of this. And I know we hear that question often asked to women, like how do you balance your work and your personal life and your relationships and family? And I feel like of all the years I've been alive, this past year was the first time I really had to try and figure that out for myself. And I've never been someone who's natural at setting boundaries, but I learned that in order to have balance, you must vocalize and you must set boundaries for yourself. 
and it can be very uncomfortable at times, and it is, but I really feel like I had to learn that hard lesson of finding the confidence in setting the boundaries to create some level of balance. So learning was a big part of my 2021 in many, many ways. Last word I would say, um, either perseverance, because it's been a hell of a year for all of us, but we made it to the end, and that requires the continued effort to do so, as difficult as things may be. Um, but then I was also thinking about the word, kind of like Janet, you're like, I had to pick two words. Yeah. So perseverance or the word supported, because I don't think I, I, I know I would not have been able to do the things I have without the support, both physically and mentally, from Philip, from you ladies, from my family, from my friends, um, as much as there were many times where I think I just wanted to, to retreat and put my head down and just work and get things done. Upon reflection, it does take a strong support network to persevere through the most difficult times. And I don't take that for granted at all. So my words for this year are forward <laughs> learning. And I think I would pick supported over perseverance. Mm. Yeah, those three words. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think about, I mean, I knew, we all know that there were a lot of big life events that happened for you this year, right? And this is the thing where I think back to when I spoke with a therapist a while ago and they said when there are multiple big milestones in your life, oftentimes it can rock a person a lot, mm -hmm. right? So um, as as much as I think sometimes people can look at the 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 pretty polished, like, oh my God, you were able to like, quote unquote, check all these boxes or yeah. do all these things. It is a lot to go through, a lot of change. Mm -hmm. um, and so I feel like I really like the words that you chose because it does articulate very much like the the interesting aspect of like having having the things done and recognizing like what it took and appreciating it. Mm. And then also feeling, I don't know, like you had said, like you felt like doing this episode processing everything help you feel more solidified mm -hmm. but it probably trying to get to those conclusions was a crazy adventure in your own mm -hmm. head of trying to sift through all the like relive everything that happened this year kind of right and all yeah, the potential emotions and yeah I, I was like outlining this yesterday and then I had to stop and restart this morning because I was just like wow I can't get through this yeah. this is like really a really hard process to reflect but at the end of the day when you finish it it is incredibly rewarding to to do so Mm. Yeah. And what were the top three significant life events that defined 2021 for you? Top three. Yes. So top three. First, I would say buying my first home and just the sheer feeling of knowing that I had worked really hard to do that myself and that I was able to do that in my early 30s. Obviously, Philip contributed half. We did a 50-50 fair game in this relationship. Mm -hmm. But being able to contribute out of my own bank account without any help from my family or friends or anyone else, that I was able to do that myself as someone who grew up in a tiny apartment with living space that was actually less than half the size of what we have now. And we had triple the amount of people no backyard like this feels like the american dream mm. you know and sometimes i sit in this home and i'm just like really thankful for every decision every difficulty every opportunity from my first job fixing skee-ball machines at an arcade to the daily grind at ey to figuring out how to save money and spend within my means to have been able to pay for therapy which was a pretty hefty chunk and to have bought this home this year was like a really big deal for me and um for sure, that added to the significance, not just of having a first home, but of what this first home means to mm. me. 
And kind of related to that, my second life event that defined 2021 for me is growing closer to my family. I've been doing a lot more dim sum visits with my grandparents now that they're vaccinated and hearing a lot more of their stories. And that's really been big for me this past year because I feel like now I have more time and more intentionality, intentionality behind just asking them about their stories. And not only that, but my dad retired this past month very recently. Oh, oh my gosh, really? Uh, yeah, so he, he retired a bit earlier so that he could come with my mom who's going to be here for a month in December after I give birth so that she can help me with taking care of the baby and overseeing the whole confinement month. But he retired recently and he'd been working in America for 40 plus years and as a chef at a large hotel chain for 37 years. Wow. More wow. years than any of us have been alive. Any of us on at the table have been alive. <laughs> So it was a very big deal, but just as a show of his character, he downplayed it so much that he didn't even want the company to throw a retirement party for him. He kind of just said, I'm out. Peace. Thanks, everyone. It was fun. And, And that was it. So that's how he retired. But... I'm just like, dad, let them throw a big party for you. But he's like, no, I don't want that. Mm. Um, But my dad and I, we were just casually talking one day and he brought up the fact that he put me and Annie, my sister, our names under his 401k and that basically all of that was going to us, all accumulated from 37 years of working. And my reaction was like, okay, cool. Like, I don't know. I don't even know if I said thanks, Mm. you know, I was just like, okay. And he said, are you not happy about that? And it was a weird question for him to ask because he's usually a very emotionless person, but he was like, why aren't you happy? And I was like, dad, I'm not going to use your money. Like I'm good, dad. I can take care of myself. You should use it for yourself. When you go gamble, you don't have to play the penny slots and you should go travel and live out your retirement and use the hard earned money that you made. And it kind of hit me in that moment that we were all in a good place, Mm. that I had enough means to take care of myself and my future family, and that they had enough to take care of themselves too. And for us to be pushing this large amount of money back and forth, almost like grabbing for a check after dinner, that moment just made me feel so thankful that we had reached this place of contentment, that we'd all worked so hard towards this financial dream. And even though we're not rich by any means, like the fact that we all got to a good place. And I think coming from an immigrant family, money is kind of the thing that yeah. is the center of so much of what progress looks like. Even during birthdays and holidays, you know, you don't give gifts. You give hung baos filled with money. It's kind of like Ronnie Cheng yeah. during his uh, his comedy special. He's like, during Chinese New Year, you say, hope you get rich. You know, you don't say like, happy New Year. It's like, yeah. hope you get rich, bitch, whatever it is. And as a family, you know, we have always put each other first. My whole life had been that way. I had no allowance growing up. There were no, there was no stinginess. It was always, mm. what do you need? I'll give it to you. And the same for me to my parents. When I made money, I wanted to pay for their things. And it just made me so thankful that we are all moving forward and we all reached a place of comfort and contentment. So as I embark on this new period of my life with my new family and them, theirs in their retirement, my mom has like a few years left, but knowing that I don't have to worry about them financially and vice versa was just like a big sigh of relief, I think for all of us. Mm. So that was a pretty big life event and realization for me. And it just made me feel closer to them too. And just so thankful for how they raised me and, and family just in general. Lastly, last big life event, being able to conceive and have a baby. Like, I guess I have to add this one here, right? I've always wanted to be a mother, and these past few months have been the most challenging. I can't even get into all the details here on this podcast because it would take a whole episode, but 
carrying it almost full term now. It's been fucking crazy. You guys, like, I was scrolling back on my Instagram and I saw a photo I posted on my last birthday and I was drinking, I was partying. We were at that hotel room, remember, in Santa Monica? Oh, yeah. That was the last birthday. And I don't even think we were thinking about trying to have a baby then. Um, And now, less than a year from that period of my life, I am about to give birth to a baby. So it's just like a lot can change in a Mm. year. And conceiving and carrying... I would probably say of the three events has been the biggest, even of buying the house like this has probably been the biggest life event of this year um, by far, just because it will impact the rest of my life from now on. So yeah, pretty significant life events all truncated (laughs) into one year. Wait, what was the first one? The first one was buying a home. Second, getting closer to family. And then third, this baby. I like the categories that you created because I feel like there were a lot of big things that happened in, in your life. But I think hearing the backstory of um, the home, even though I knew, like we've talked about this, right? But for some reason, because so many things happened, I was like, yeah, that being able to, the significance of being able to having saved up all of your own money and pay for half of a home and be able to like have property to your name mm-hmm. is a huge thing for a lot of immigrant families. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I grew up, hearing that from my parents too so man now i feel like damn i should have we were here to celebrate with you but i was like i want to give you like i don't know what do you give me <laughs> i was like don't even give you a housewarming gift because oh, no, no. <laughs> we, we had an email chain going <laughs> oh yeah that was one of the things that that dropped through through the year the year but no, no, no um no. but yeah i think well here's the thing i think for me because i have shared on this podcast that like I, um, I coming from also an immigrant family, but coming from a family where my parents, like they always hammered in me, like you Mm. need to buy a home. Like that's how Mm. you, that is one way to really feel financially stable. Yeah. And they provided part of that for me. And for a long time I felt like grateful, but also kind of like guilt, not guilty, a little Mm -hmm. bit guilty. Mm -hmm. Um, but I saw some of my friends like in our early thirties kind of make that and the weight of being able to do that on your own. Mm -hmm. Like I was just like. I don't know. I think I it moves me in a different way. Mm. Yeah. And it gives me a level of like respect for the person that did it. That is like, damn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you also paid for yourself. So I had half. <laughs> contributed by <laughs> Philip, half by me. So. But you bought a home home. So the actual value of it was, you know. But, but I guess, but also someone who has, like even if you have someone who helps you with the down payment, the weight of having a, of of figuring out how to do the mortgage thing yeah. and really understanding financially now you're like tied to a mortgage and there's a level of debt there and all yeah. of these things right like yeah. there is all of that is a lot to take on um, so yeah I mean like damn congrats again and yeah, I just <laughs> I, I I think for our listeners out there who really understand the weight of what that is for someone who comes from an immigrant family and like to own property is a big big thing yeah. I think within our culture yeah um, and then hearing you talk about your dad and the value of money and progress and him leaving the putting your your names on the 401k like I think there is there's a lot of that that I um, I feel yeah like money within my family has been a big topic as well Mm -hmm. you know and I maybe in another time we can get into that as well but I think the I see how much in our parents their ability to leave us to to know that we are financially stable Mm -hmm. is like a huge thing for them. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. to hear that your family was able to have that moment, I think is like, wow. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. <laughs> I know it and I feel it. So Yeah. Yeah. Man, I, I, I'm still processing everything you shared because like, 
I think with the house stuff, I'm like, as you're talking, I was like, I'm like looking around because we're recording from Helen's new dining room table, which is really <laughs> beautiful. And I'm just like, I can't believe this is yours, mm. you know? And I think I, like Janet, I feel like we've been to the house she grew up in Boston. It's like, it was a very humble home, mm-hmm. humble beginnings, you know? And I feel like sometimes I, it's like taking a step back and like, dude, you worked so hard those past 10 years. Like that shit was fucking tough at UI. I know you made it out, but like you're able to get this in return and like I and I don't know I just feel like for me like maybe knowing how your parents like raised you and like your home and like I, I just it's like really crazy for me too I think I really just resonate with the whole like connecting with your family because maybe because what I shared earlier is like I feel I feel it you know I feel for you with that because I, I think one thing that I realized with this year that I think we actually talked about you know off offline is that 2021 I think the pandemic has taught us like what we really value in life and what times you want to put to certain things and I see us saying no to a lot more events and seeing us saying yes to more personal time mm. with her, whether it's our friends. And Helen, I always seen you spend time with family. And I think when you talk about it, I I think this year like made me like acknowledge or recognize, like, oh, this is why Helen's so close with her family. Like, this is the feeling of connection that I'm like, I feel it when I was with them in Hawaii. I was like, oh, I, I love this. It's just so amazing. It's just like, and this and this is always going to be mine. Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. feeling of like, this is always going to be there. And also to hear about your dad and like, the first thing I was like, oh, I wonder about, we're going to some Hennessy when he arrives <laughs> in the door, you know, through the door. Because I feel like your dad's just such a cool person. Like, I still laugh because um, last time he, he was here, I went to the bathroom and he was like sitting there, sitting there in the bedroom with his sunglasses on, looking at his phone. <laughs> I don't even know why he had his sunglasses on. Your dad is such a like cool dude. So I feel like him, yeah, again, like him, like wanting to give you and Annie the 401k was like a huge deal and like it shows the sign of his character and his personality and I think like Janet like money is a huge thing within like an immigrant family Mm -hmm. and being an Asian household like because I hear my mom talk about retirement too and like even the concerns that she shares with me it all comes down to money and financial stability so it's a huge accomplishment to hit where you are now where everyone's like it's like this this big sigh of relief that everyone that in my family is we're, we're, we're okay like yeah. we're okay like you don't have to worry yeah like worry is such a big thing you yeah. know so not having to have that like concern it's like a huge congratulations and amazing thing because i think as a someone i'm like from here i look at my mom like do you always worry like, <laughs> and i see and i get it but so to not have that thought anymore must be really nice so yeah. that's amazing and of course the baby's a huge thing like oh my god yeah we were in santa monica like singing in the microphone and yeah. we're like doing some like weird acting like we're doing some weird things you're so drunk <laughs> yeah um but a lot of things have happened for you in 2021 which is incredible that you're like you good <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean like yeah, yeah. And I, like just going back to like the whole um family like my mom has always said that she wanted a backyard like we never we grew up in like apartment and then we moved to a townhouse so yeah. she never really had her own property kind of it's always kind of connected to someone else mm. so this is not like my next year goal but I I do I want to get to a place of financial success where I can buy them a home with their own like backyard one day that's like my ultimate ultimate like dream to do that mm. so 2022 y'all let's manifest that <laughs> just kidding <laughs> there's no way like 2032 Well, taking a look back at last year's episode 97, when we set our 2021 goals or resolutions, whatever you want to call them, 
Jay, let's start off with you. Can you remind us and our listeners what those were for you and which ones were you able to accomplish? Which ones continue to be works in progress and which ones do you realize you didn't give a shit about? Yeah. Um, so I, I listened back to our last episode or last year's episode and I had five things. Um, the first one was around deepening my practice with meditation and getting certified. Um, and I did that. But a caveat of that, I will say, is that um, there are different types of meditation certifications, and I think I might want to do another different type of program. But either way, it was I definitely stuck with my meditation practice of twice a day, and even um, and then and did the class that was like a ten week additional things with certification, and then also started checking out some studios and doing additional classes. Um, so that way, I would say is a positive. The second thing I had uh, was. For family, I wanted to do better about being more present and adjusting our conversations so that I was texting them more and calling them more. I put a mm, ambivalent face for this one. And I will say, I do feel like I I maintain my closeness with them, like visiting, but we're still not really doing phone calls and the texting is still not all that like present. So I guess I will say that this is a fair, like if the ultimate goal was just to be closer with them, I think that my my approach of continuing to do in-person visits um was working but i didn't quite alter the the ability to like do more phone calls and texting so i think my learning from this though is just that like i've been trying to alter my connection with them for like years in this way and then maybe we're just better at like in person Mm. so that's the second thing the third thing i wanted to move more often and less intensely and this, I think, was also a good one. Um, I, you know, before 2021, I had gotten more into yoga, but I wasn't, I think I had kind of dropped off on like getting outdoors for walks. And this year I was a lot better about that. Um, and I was also wanting to explore different ways of moving beyond yoga. And the person I am seeing right now is a personal trainer. And I'm usually not into weights and stuff, but he has gotten my butt into the gym a couple of times. So I will say that's a win that I've had a couple of sessions of doing a type of movement that I usually am not that into. Um, The fourth thing, uh, planning to move into the suburbs. Uh, And I think I had mentioned that this is not going to happen, but that I was going to start researching. Um, I will say that the one ounce of progress I've made in this direction is I am going to be um, looking into renting out my place. So it didn't quite get done, but it's in the pro- it's in more progress than it was in the beginning of the year. And then the last thing was finding a husband. <laughs> Damn, was that really <laughs> so, word for word? And remember, I had I joked about it because I was like, I can't control all of that, right? A lot, of, and so the the actual things that I was going to do was to be more emotionally vulnerable and um, and open myself up for relationships. So I feel like. Now this is the second kind of quote unquote relationship because it wasn't a divine thing in either case, but but second person, like a romantic thing that I'm doing this year. So I guess, yeah, overall it, uh, there's progress being made. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And Mel, when we look back on episode 97 from last year, what were the 2021 goals and resolutions that you had set? And um, give us a little bit of a debrief. How was the year for you in that context? Got it. Um, before I go into, I want to comment on Janet's thing real quick. I actually think you made, you did make progress because you were in two, you're, you did two relationships to, and to find your husband. So I'm like, that's pretty, <laughs> that's a huge thing. Two relationships in a year. That's like, you know, it's still going. Um, for me, I actually kept it really simple last year because 2020 was a tough year for my self-confidence. My God, I was broken. Honestly, listening back to end of 2020, I was like, oh shit. Like I went through a lot with my self-confidence. So my first goal was to build up my self-confidence 
And I would say it definitely gotten better. And I was able to change the lens of how I viewed myself because I think in 2020, I had the opposite of rose colored glasses. I had like poop colored glasses <laughs> where I literally thought I thought the shittiest of myself. Mm. Never thought I'd get to that place when I did. Um, but I'm in a much better place right now. And I want to clarify something is that I think that I can be confident in who I am as a person, but still feel in transition. So I think it's something I wanted to clear, like to kind of like separate. Um, I no longer see myself as low as I did in 2020. Like, to be honest, I was so critical of my physical appearance. It was like really bad. I don't feel like that anymore. I'm like, it's me and it's okay. So I do think uh, I'm, it's much better. I have moments, like everyone has moments. Their confidence is going to ebb and flow. But I think overall, I'm in, a, I'm in the green. So I'm happy about that. Second thing I wrote, have a nice morning routine. Honestly, I, had a good, I have a good morning routine. Um, so I'm happy with that. The last thing I put down is I wanted to create experiences for me to thrive. I will say I kind of ignored this the first half of the half of this year because I was so busy with ABG, birthdays and weddings. But I think I focused on, I'm trying to focus on that more in the second half of the year. And I, def, I did things that I've always wanted to do. I took, I went surfing and that was great. I started a Korean drama club on the fly and I love it. And I'm taking Korean language classes right now and I am making progress. So I feel really good about that. So yeah, I'm really happy. The last thing I said under create, create experiences for me to thrive. I said, I talk about Taiwan and I am still waiting for that experience. But overall, I think I have, I, I think since I kept my goals so simple, I was able to move ahead of them. So I'm mm. really happy that I, maybe for me to just to keep it very, maybe more broad. Mm. So it helped me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Helen? What were some things you mentioned in the last episode at 97 that you know did you keep to those goals i listened to it so i know the answer (laughs) (laughs) well first off i just want to say that i am very happy especially for the first goal that you mentioned because i remember that was like a very like difficult period for you especially with just physicality and whatnot and i could see a world of a difference where Mm -hmm. hair flipping mel is back (laughs) y'all hair flipping mel is back is she ready (laughs) (laughs) So uh, some of the goals I had set for myself, I said, <laughs> I'm going to marry my best friend. Awesome. Check. I think I already knew that, that was going to happen. So that was kind of like a shoo-in. Yeah. Um, the other one I said was, I'm going to move out of downtown LA and into the burb life. And exact words were, I want to have a single family home in a backyard and a place for me to finally grow my own garden. Mm. Y'all manifest that shit and say it out loud because that happened. And it's crazy to think that when we recorded that episode, I was not even looking yet mm. for a house. So moved out still got that place though it's a burden we gotta sell it soon i think um another goal i said maybe we'll grow our family to three like we get a dog or a turtle or something (laughs) i said it that way too because i didn't want to put so much pressure or jinx it that i mean obviously i'm in a baby right but i don't know (laughs) but i did and yeah baby's gonna be here any day now so that's that's, yeah, insane. I need to comment on this because, so I was listening back on this episode to prepare for this. And then when the Helen's part came on, I was like, what the fuck? Because, like, you hit everything. It's amazing. Because, like, the house thing. But when you're saying, like, you're saying about your garden, like, I want to just go to my garden and, like, put that shit in my mouth or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was true. Helen fashion. I'm just like, oh, my God. She literally has green beans and stuff. And then the, the baby part when you said, like, I don't know, like a dog or, like, a turtle. Like, it's just funny because I, I just know the way you talk. It's just so you. It's hella funny. But I was like 
what the hell? You literally call your baby Baby Turtle. Oh, yeah. Mm. So I was like, what the fuck? It was just a weird, (laughs) crazy cool moment when I was listening. So amazing. Manifest. Manifest. (laughs) Baby Turtle. Yes. Um, Another hope that I had was that maybe Annie and my brother-in-law, Ray, would be in LA. And I mean, they are, I can't control that, but they are in the process of cleaning out their home in Boston. And I think they're going to put up their house for sale next spring or so. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Hopefully, Baby Turtle, once you get a name, will be growing up with baby cousins yeah. oh, <laughs> close by. That'll be amazing. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited for that, um, if and when it happens. Um, the other things that I had on here was being more vulnerable. I think this is still a huge work in progress for me. I think in many ways, it is the core of what I sort of struggle with and what I do want to figure out for myself. And just recently I was talking to Philip about this and he basically said, I put my own feelings and my own vulnerability aside too much because either I let others needs come first. um, And not only that, but it's because I want to show up as if I have everything together too often. He said, even with my pregnancy, he was like, you make it look too easy on the podcasts and on social media and even to your friends. And it comes down to the fact that I am a perfectionist. I have always been, I am an overachiever. I was someone who grew up not being taught how to feel, but to suppress and work hard and move on. Kind of like even thinking about like when I mentioned my dad earlier and how he handled his retirement, right? He's the figure of someone who worked hard, supported his family without any frills, without complaints. So I think I'm definitely somewhat of a product of my dad and leaning more into the emotionless side. But I realize that that's a lot of burden to put onto someone like Philip, who is my emotional rock. So that's something I definitely want to work on in 2022. Mm-hmm. to be more vulnerable and to just express more because when i do it does help mm-hmm. overall i think there are ebbs and flows i think um i had mentioned specifically that i wanted to work towards the vulnerability of letting go of control and this past year i would say kind of proved that i needed to in so many different aspects of my life whether it's doing renovations and something goes off kilter and then you have I just had to like readjust and you know let go of that control and just know that everything's going to be okay I think I've really learned to have to do that and I think I'm going to have to learn to do that once I get into motherhood as well with a kid just let go of control of all the things I've googled so um and then the other part was um really believing in my voice and what I have to say so that I am more comfortable and confident when I'm public speaking. And I will say that I'm proud of all of us. Like with all of the speaking events that we've done, we've gotten Mm. so much more comfortable Mm. with it. It's like shocking. It it really like from the first speaking event that we've had to now like the 30 plus one that we're doing, I feel like we've all progressed so much Mm. and we, I don't know. I just never thought that we would get here, but it does take repetition and putting yourself in these fearful moments to to refine that like muscle and and train that muscle so that you can get comfortable in it. Not saying that it's still not scary, but I think we've made leaps and bounds here and I'm proud of all of us for doing that. Yeah. No, I how many 30 plus? Even? I didn't even go back to count, but I'm like I probably I think so, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's funny cuz like I think I think we definitely got into like a rhythm of it and I think now we actually have a lot of fun with it. For yeah. college events like we're joking around on the side we're laughing with them it just makes it more i think it when we're having fun it makes it fun for everyone else too so versus being like hi my name is mal and, I, you know, <laughs> so, and i'm a, a pisces <laughs> 
but it's just so funny because like yeah i think there's definitely a comfort level and a level of fun that we've i think whenever you bring fun into it 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 does it does benefit yeah it's just being able to be yourself and i think it always goes back to like be authentically unapologetically yourself and that is going to be the best way to connect with people and it's so much easier said than done mm-hmm. but you know we're getting there we're getting there other goals i had that i'll quickly quickly go through that i did not accomplish i wanted to write a script which um i still want to do i think that'd be a personal project and one that is very near and dear to me um and would help with vulnerability as well um, i wanted to find a mentor haven't found one yet that's okay I don't know if I ever will, but (laughs) my eyes and ears are open. And then I also said I wanted to focus on my health and my body. Not so much. I know before my goals were always like to get to one pull up and to get more tone and things like that. But that was not my intention or my goal for this year. It was just to be more mindful of my body. Mm. And I will say that with this pregnancy, I have never accepted my body more than where it is now. There are definitely days where I look in the mirror and like, yo, you look like an ogre and your face is so pimply and gross. And it's like, what happened to you? And it just feels like an out of body experience. But at the same time, I've never looked in the mirror and said, I love everything that my body is capable of Mm. doing. And I'm so thankful for it able to do the functions it is supposed to as a maternal body. So that I will say, check that one off. Um, even though I can be quite mean to myself sometimes, but I try not to be. And then I said, reading more, cleaning out my closet, low on priority. <laughs> Did not do I guess I kind of cleaned out my closet. Move. Yeah, because I had to move, but yep. I just put everything back. So. <laughs> Took it out of one closet and put it in the yeah. other. <laughs> yeah. So that's still, that's for 2022. Nice. But yeah, that was it. I love that you're going down the list of things that you like, things I wanted to do, but I didn't get to. But Helen, thanks for sharing your list. It, it kind of inspired me to like share mine too. So I actually did have some goals that I, that I didn't list because my, my goals are so broad that I actually were able to accomplish what I was able to accomplish this year. So I had me, mi- I, I do mini goals. Like these are little things I'm like, it's like tangible things I could just move forward with like the day to day and the month to month. So I actually am really proud of the fact that I meditated and journaled every weekday since January of this year. Wow. I, like, I'm like, oh my God, I, I got back on the meditation train. It's not as like heavy or like, long but i'm able to get back on it has helped me so much i read a book a month this year so i've been wow i'm almost i'm gonna hit 12 books which is compared to other people it's not a lot but for me it's like i'm back on that i'm reading that's amazing yeah and this is a personal one i watched 15 korean dramas this year (laughs) (laughs) more korean dramas than books yeah Yeah, i mean because i watched like two at the same time i I don't know it's just like it brings me so much joy and like i like how listing the shows i watch Mm -hmm. is a thing and the last thing is i have one personal project in the works that i've been keeping very private and I think because sometimes I want to hold things very close to my heart before releasing it. So I think for me, like the reason why I'm so, I guess I'm proud of these mini goals is that even though I'm going through a hard transition, these are the little things I've hold on to be like, Mel, you still like, you have your things going. Mm-hmm. Like, don't forget about that. So I want to figure out what my mini goals for next year will be. I haven't thought about it yet, but yeah, I wanted to share that. So to wrap up this episode where we reflected on the past year, is there any advice that you would give your last year self? I wrote down three things because I couldn't think of one. Number one is be patient and just surrender to this moment or to the moment you're in. Make sure to find time to do, to do things that fulfill you. And also goes to my last one. Make sure you have time to pour back into your glass. Mm. I think because I was so busy last year or this year that I really didn't prioritize myself sometimes. So I just want to 
reiterate that for me for 2022. Um, for me, I would say the person you are at the beginning of your journey is not the same person as at the end. So even thinking about our years, the beginning and the end, so much growth for, mm. for all of us here. And that life will take many turns and things won't go as expected. The best thing to do is try your hardest, let go of control sometimes, and everything will work out. Trust the process, fall in love with the process, and not the end product. I think that was a big mm. learning lesson for me as well. And always allow yourself to feel. You have every right to feel, to be sad, angry, worried, full of fear. You are only human, Helen, and you are doing the best you can. Everyone out there. <laughs> I love that it was like a letter to yourself, but also to all of our listeners. Mm-hmm. How about for you, Jay? Any advice I would give my last year self? It makes me think of this quote. Um, it's something like, what is meant for you will not pass you by, I think. Um, and it's, it's I think, along with this idea of like that uh, there's so much control. There's only so much control that you can exert in your life, right? And that uh, I oftentimes will act out of fear. Uh, when I really get down to it, and I think about the core of a lot of my decisions, it's fear of losing something, fear of not getting the thing I think I should be getting. Um, but I think focusing on the single statement helps me relax my mind and say that if there is something that is meant for me, it will find me. So once again, maybe I should stop pushing and let the pull come or let it be pulled and kind of come to me. I don't know. That's <laughs> yeah. That would be my one piece of advice for myself. I like that quote actually a lot. Same. Well, thanks for joining us for our final episode of 2021. We hope this episode will inspire some of you to really take the time and reflect on 2021 yourself. To find meaning in a year of challenge and change, it is important to pause and reflect on the lessons we have learned and how we've grown. To quote Maya Angelou, if you don't know where you've come from, you don't know where you're going. So just give it 10 minutes today to put pen to paper or finger to keyboard and spend a few minutes today or whenever you have some time to do some reflecting. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. You can also support us through monthly donations at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl support, or get some merch at asianbossgirl.myshopify.com. If you resonated with today's episode, let us know in the comments of our IG post. And if you'd like to put faces to our names, you can find us on YouTube, where we share vlogs, an audience Q&A segment called Dairy ABG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is at asianbossgirl. We do have a couple of shout outs for this episode to Katrina from Kelly. Your creativity, curiosity, and courage inspires me and I'm thankful to have a supportive, insightful friend and passion project partner like you. I'm proud of what we accomplished in 2021 and I'm excited to see where 2022 takes us. To Wenhe from Wendy, thank you for being such a supportive boyfriend the last four years. Keep powering through school. I know you can do it. And to Leela from Adriana, Leela, your ambition is a match and I'm so appreciative of our friendship. Although I'm sad to be moving away, I know we'll stay in touch and you'll be an amazing mom. Can't wait to meet your little one someday. If you'd like to send a shout out to a friend, check out our link tree in our link in bio on our Instagram and click on shout outs. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. And with that, we'll catch you in the new year. Bye. Bye.